Chargers star wide receiver Mike Williams got his payday, but who would you sign next if you're the Chargers? Do you go Chen Nuosu? Do you go Kazir White? Big decisions are looming. And we also have Nick Cothrell coming on today from Sports Illustrated's Chargers report. Talk about free agency, the draft, and maybe what the Chargers can learn from the Rams who just came off a Super Bowl win. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show, and thank you for making us your first listen today, as always. And to make sure you never miss the show, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But very exciting show today, David, because we're starting with the next big question now that Mike Williams has been signed to his big deal. Who is next from an internal free agent standpoint for the Chargers? Should they be targeting Uchen Nwosu or Kazi Wright? It does seem like those are the two big ones. And who on the offense is next now that your biggest offensive player is signed? So we'll get into that, but we are excited to have Nick Cothrell on the show today. Very new to the Chargers. B is going to come on and bring some differing opinions so you're not just hearing me and David yell at each other about pancakes and waffles for 30 minutes every day. So I'm excited to get into the draft with him, the combine with him, free agency for the Chargers, and also what the Chargers could learn from the Rams because obviously they just went and did the big thing the Chargers are trying to do. But, David, now it starts with the free agency here with the Chargers' own players. I mean, we saw them re-sign the biggest player they had headed into free agency with Mike Williams. But there's more big decisions to be made. So, I mean, when you're talking about who is next, who do you think is the next most important internal free agent the Chargers have to sign now that Mike Williams' deal is done? Yeah, I mean, this is a really tough question for me because it's who is the most important or who could – end up being the most valuable. And I think that's the question in my mind that I have to ponder. But with that being said, I think, you know, just listening to what all the Chargers organization has said, um, what the coaches have said, um, I think the number one next target on the defensive side primarily is going to be Uchenna and Wosu. I mean, they they love Uchenna. They uh, I really appreciate what he does. Brandon Staley called him their type of player. Um, so I definitely think that they're going to try to get a deal done for him. I don't know how comfortable I am with the contract, at least figures that are out there for him in the you know double-digit millions when you have never had a season uh, over five sacks in your career. That definitely gives me a bit of pause. But also, he's only 25 years old. I think there's still plenty of room to grow. Um, and for him to you know really explode into the player that we all wanted him to be when the Chargers selected him in the second round. It's kind of like Mike Williams in the sense of, I mean, four years into Mike Williams' career, we didn't know what the right decision was, right? Because he had never put it all together. Uchenin Wosu doesn't get that extra year that Mike Williams did being a first-round pick, right? is in the second round. He's had four years, three of those behind Melvin Ingram. Last year was his first season out of the shadow of Melvin Ingram. And he didn't underperform because he played well, especially towards the end of the season, which makes it tougher because – you saw it click for him, right? After yeah. the bye week, down the stretch of the season, you saw it clicked where he turned into that player you want on the opposite side of Joey Bosa. But 
even with Uchenna Nwosu, it doesn't feel like you're done adding to the edge defender mix. He's not the you know problem solver to that position. So as far as positional value goes, having an edge rusher who's great is obviously much more important than having a great linebacker. But at the same time, Kazir Wright was better at his position last year than Uchenna Nwosu was at his. And I just think that it's the way it seems right now, David, because to me it is a tough choice because you don't have a clear next best linebacker after Kazir White without seeing a yeah. significant drop-off. You don't have a clear next best edge rusher behind Uchen Nwosu without a significant drop-off. But you could go and add a, an edge rusher in free agency, right? We don't expect the Chargers to go add another linebacker in free agency. So I think that's what makes it tough because I think with Kazir White, I mean, he definitely deserved another contract from the Chargers and deserves another contract for the Chargers. Well, it's another similar situation to Mike Williams, Daniel. I mean, this is the year that he really put it all together. He really went out there in a contract year, and he went off. He exploded. He filled up the stat sheet. Um, He was everywhere. Um, This is a guy who it it was obvious that he was playing his best football this season. And do you want to let a player go, potentially, who is really coming into his own, a guy who transitioned from being a safety into that hybrid linebacker that – you know, it seems like every defense is looking for that's who Kaiser White is now. And, you know, we saw the maturation process from the beginning to now. And it's like you want to continue that relationship because Kaiser White's also a very young player. But um, unfortunately, Daniel, I mean, this is something we were talking about before the show is it seems like it's probably going to be one or the other. And it feels like it's going to be Uchenna, right? Unless they're in yeah. the market for one of these guys who's going to obviously upgrade at the end. You know, you bring in Von Miller, you're probably not bringing back Uchenna Nwosu. But if you bring back both of these players, it limits the other ways you can improve to a defense that even with the, both of those guys on it, really struggled and was one of the worst in the league last year, right? Because yeah. they were good players. The defense was still bad. There is some infusion that needs to happen as far as bringing in new guys to fill these roles that can do it better. And you know, helping out the surrounding talent around them because it definitely wasn't all their problem. I think this is the thing. Chen Nwosu, if Kazir White gets an $8 million million per season deal, something along those lines for four seasons, that's tough to live up to at linebacker because you're not always going to put up the crazy stats, right? That makes it super obvious that you're playing well. And there's also three years of, you know, Kazir White where you weren't sure what you were going to do with him and he played in a different defense, right? So we only have one year to go with. Uchen Nuosu, you feel like if you're getting that dude at, you know, double digit millions, if it's like 10 or 11 million, and then, you know, the next couple of seasons, he's going, you know, nine sacks, 10 sacks, something like that. He's getting grossly underpaid. So I think he yeah. has much more of a way to overachieve on that contract from the Chargers. So I think that's just what makes it such a difficult decision. Whereas Depending on the on offensive the side is. of things, sure. I mean, and, and that's the hard thing is I really don't know where that contract is going to be from Uchen Nwosu. I mean, I've seen the you know projections out there, the 13 million. I've seen others that are more around 10 million, but it's just so hard with a player who only has 15 and a half career sacks, right? So that that's yeah. a tough thing. But on the offensive side, there's not a ton more now that you've signed Mike Williams. Right. No, there really isn't, Daniel. I mean, yeah. you, you, you go down the list, there's really only a, a couple of qualifying names. And one of the kind of under-the-radar names that I, I like a, as a candidate to bring back to the Chargers is Odea Bushi. I mean, I thought when he was out there for the Chargers and, you know, the, what, four or five games that he was able to play this season before tearing tearing his ACL, I thought he played extremely well. And, I mean, it was a very low-dollar contract. Um, You know, it was a a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. And, you know, he has some experience in in the NFL. And I feel like, 
he wouldn't cost a lot to bring back. And if he's able to stay healthy next year, then I feel like you can get some tremendous value um, out of a position that without him was uh, sorely lacking. I, I think, uh, you know, that you got to give some credit to Michael Schofield. I think he played admirably, but I think Odeabushi definitely gives this Chargers offensive line the best possible combination that you can put out there with this, with these players. With the internal free agents, yes. sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is how many positions on either side of the ball can you look at and you say, hey, I'd feel pretty good about the starter there and I'm going to have to be, you know, I'm can re-sign him or sign him for less than $2 million. That doesn't happen very often. So <laughs> no. if you can if you can fill that spot and feel good about it while not having to put that kind of money towards it, I think it's a great call. I think Odeabushi is, a, a, you know, the number one guy as far as the rest of the offense that I'd be considering based on just the value and the talent that he brings to the table. And then, you know, if he does get hurt halfway through the season, hopefully at that point, Brendan Hymas should be more than ready to step in with a year and a half of seasoning, right? Because he spent that pick on him. So that's the way I would go to, I mean, you also have a Jalen Guyton, who's a restricted free agent. You have other guys too that, you know, Steven Anderson's unrestricted. You have Donna Parham, an exclusive rights free agent. So there are some more important players. Justin Jackson's another guy. That one I think would be the best combination of both of those things. Value, and production you could get out of it and upside i think because i don't even think we really saw him totally totally fit in but we do have an interview we're very excited about with nick cothrell from sports illustrated's chargers report where you can find you know a ton of articles over there about the chargers he's covering everything like a madman and we're going to talk to him about his mike williams reaction and what he thinks about free agency because you can talk about all these guys all we want but Free agency is going to be madness. But if you're looking to bet on March Madness, you got to go to betonline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, because it's already bananas and we're not even to the tournament in college basketball. But it's not just college basketball, right? It's football when it's here, it's professional basketball, it's NHL. You can even go UFC, you can go boxing, you can find all the best stuff at betonline.net. And if you want to keep it football related, you can go and there's a ton of draft props. You guys can get in on right now where you guys can be betting on the NFL draft and adding even more juice to that squeeze because especially when it's not football season, I have to watch a lot of other sports I don't care nearly as much about. It's much better when you have someone like BetOnline.net who's going to give you reasons to be more excited about these games. There's a ton of tournaments and giveaways they're always doing on there and you can always find great opportunities to make a lot of money with the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find in the business because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, this is the interview that we've been telling you guys about this week. We are very, very lucky to have on Nick Cothrell from Chargers Report, them Sports Illustrated, their publisher over there. Very excited to have him on. Brand new to the beat. Just came from covering the Rams Super Bowl run in Los Angeles. Now he's covering the Chargers. So I think a lot of people probably have a worse covering, you know, Matt Stafford and Justin Herbert last year to this year. So, Nick, thanks for coming on, man. Glad to have you on the beat and glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really looking forward to this new opportunity and covering the Chargers. Everything surrounding the team, you know, future's bright. So um, looking forward to it. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, a, a very exciting time, I think, to to get in on this action. But I think the biggest news, obviously, this week has to be Mike Williams signs the three-year, $60 yeah. million dollar deal. I know you've kind of only recently, you know, got into the, the Twitter zone for Chargers Twitter, but like, that has been the talk all offseason. It's what to do with Mike Williams, right? Because it was a big deal. It is a big deal. He's the fourth highest paid receiver right now in the NFL. But what did you make of the deal when you saw it go down right before the franchise tag deadline? 
I'm be honest, I kind of expected him to be a tag candidate and get tagged. Um, I didn't just based on how everything was kind of trending, there was really nothing was trickling out about any momentum towards a deal. But you know, <laughs> hours before they, they they came to grips on a new on a new contract. And for me, you know, people were looking at like the AAV and the the money guaranteed in in year one, but Really, I, I couldn't really formulate an opinion on that until I really saw like what the cap hit was going to be. And then over the cap put out today, um, this season, he has a $14 million cap hit. Next year, a $19 million cap hit. And then the following year, $27 million. So I think they structured it you know, pretty pretty smart because it's it, it still gives them flexibility. This season, it would have been lower than had they franchise tagged him. And right. then with the cap expected to continue to go up, um, you know, they've kind of projected it out where it gradually raises year over year over the the, the remaining three years of the deal. Yeah, and there's a ripcord that was built in there after the second year of the deal, uh, which is very, very typical of Tom Telesco and Ed McGuire and how they structure their contracts. And another thing you, you're going to learn here is the Chargers are very tight-lipped about everything. <laughs> they really do not yeah. let anything leak. That just is not who they are. But one of the things we've been talking about is still adding to this receiving corpse through the draft and trying to add that speed specifically. How important do you think that is um, finding that element or a player that brings those elements to the table? I think it's huge because you, you, and you, you got the chargers have guys that are reputable receivers with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, Josh Palmer, you know, obviously, you know, you're expecting he's going to even step into a more prominent role, but just getting a guy that can really take the top off, uh, adding just a burner into the offense to really open open things up. You know, uh, defenders aren't going to be able to bracket coverage Keenan Allen or the or same with uh, Mike Williams. So I think it's going to be big. I mean, if you kind of look, especially within the division with Tyreek Hill, what he's able to do with the Chiefs offense when he's streaking downfield, it opens things up. And Travis Kelsey is able to eat across the middle. Uh, when the Raiders had Henry Ruggs, he was able to do the same thing. So I think that really is the missing ingredient uh, for the offense. And they were already a formidable unit. And so right. adding that dimension in there, who knows what they can become. Well, and I think that's the big thing about this conversation is that, you know, keeping Mike Williams doesn't mean you can't add to that, right? It just means that your floor yeah. is that much higher because you were a top five efficiency offense in the league last year, right? So that's the floor. But yeah, getting a guy who can give you some yak, giving a guy who can give you that vertical threat. And Brandon Staley talked about it, right? Maybe that should have been our hint that the Mike Williams deal was coming is him saying, you know, having a guy like that that can threaten that part of the field opens things up for Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen before Mike Williams even got re-signed. But there are several other very important internal free agents for the Chargers. They have big positions, right? They have an edge rusher in Uchen Nwosu who they have to make a decision on. They have Kazir White, who was easily their best linebacker in 2021. And they also have Justin Jones, who was maybe, you know, a lone bright spot on a defensive line that wasn't very good at stopping the run, one of the worst in the league last season. So now that the Mike Williams deal is done, who of you know of the rest of the internal free agents do you think the Chargers should look to next as far as importance? I for me, I, I would I would probably start with the defensive line. That's just kind of my nature. I for me, I I think it's best to build you know at the line at the line of scrimmage with your offense defensive line, and then you know kind of build outward. But in kind of hearing what Brandon Saley was saying at the combine. 
and right, he's he's trying to formulate what fits his style of defense, and rightfully so. Uh, but it sounds like they're gonna be addressing the cornerback position, um, with that being particularly their point of assist. So I'd expect them to go after you know the, the top cornerbacks in the market that just you know that they've been rumored to um and JC Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. But you know, at the same time, it's like the def- the Chargers defense isn't just one player away. So you do have to weigh that options. Like, is it worth pouring, you know, a good portion of the cap space into one player in JC Jackson? Or it'd be better off to, you know, take that close to $20 million a year that he's probably going to require and spread that out across a defensive tackle, a linebacker. You know, you can get probably two to three starters, mid-tier starters with that. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting how it shakes out, but I would expect them to kind of be in the corner market here early on in uh, free agency. Well, the other thing that's coming up after free agency is the draft, and that's coming up very, very closely. And the Chargers have the 17th overall pick in this year's draft, um, but there really is no consensus on who's going to be there at 17. So what are some players that you think the Chargers should be targeting in round one? There's a bunch and they can go a lot of different directions free after they do some things at free agency, it's going to clear up kind of, you know, which direction they can go. Cause right now there's really a bunch of different ways. Jordan Davis is the one that jumps out to everybody and rightfully so. I think he's probably being a little more inflated by the fans and everything. Um, just based on he tested great, but at the same time, he dropped 20 pounds of weight and then, you know, looked like a workout warrior. Is he going to be able to carry that weight into a season or is he going to kind of pack the pounds back on? And not that he was bad, even, even at that higher weight, he he was great at Georgia, but at the same time, his pass rush is still developing. He's a premier run stuffer. There's a lot of good run stuffers. I'm a Jordan Davis fan. If he's there, I think he's a guy you got to take, but at the same time, I I do think there's certain expectations that are just being kind of um, brought on him that (laughs) it's going to be hard to meet those right away. You guys get what I'm saying? I'm sure you guys are following the same story, but outside of Jordan Davis, you know, I like if, if they're going to go edge, I like uh, David Ajabo. I think his upside in just, how toolsy he is, but still not refined is something that just really jumps out to me. He's not a guy that, you know, just wins with like pure strength. He's a speed guy and he still has room to de- develop more uh, pass rushing moves and add to his arsenal. So for me, those are just the two guys that kind of jump out at the top. But after we kind of see what positions they address, I think it'll be a little more clear on who they're probably going to go with um, as we get closer to the draft and, they address some of the other team needs. You're speaking yeah. straight to Daniel's heart when you mentioned David Ajavo. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think the nice thing about, like, you know, people always talk about, like, developing players, right, and things like that. Like, I mean, I think the argument <clears throat> for Jordan Davis is just, like, don't overthink it. Like, you have a giant need. Yeah. You have a physical freak, that a guy that even if he has to develop over time is instantly going to help you in certain ways, right? I think that's the same thing with David Ajabo because – Great compliment on the other side of Joey Bosa, a guy that has, you know, all of the athletic ability in the world. And, I mean, his, you know, the season, while he's still figuring it out, it wouldn't surprise me if he got, you know, six, seven sacks while he's still figuring it out, right? And while he's still putting yeah. the rest of his game together. And it's not like being a rookie left tackle, right? Because 
if David Ajabo messes something up, he's not getting Justin Herbert depleted, <laughs> right? Because that's a, a much bigger yeah. no-no as far as uh, learning on the job goes. But we do have more questions we have for Nick Cawthorn. We're going to be talking about the NFL Combine and what his takeaways were for that. He wrote a great article about that. We'll also talk about, you know, his time covering the Rams, maybe something the Chargers can learn from the Rams coming up right after this. All right, we are back here with Nick Cothrell, who is the new publisher for Sports Illustrated's Chargers Report. And very excited to have him on the show today because he just came from a pretty good gig already coming from the Rams and getting to watch a Super Bowl run, something the Chargers have never been able to do. But getting back to this offseason draft process, there's a lot of, you know, things to look at. Everyone's not fully done probably with their total draft, you know, packet and, and scouting every player. But we have got to see, you know, the senior bowl. We have got to see the NFL combine. And you got to write something for Chargers Report where you got to talk about the guys at the combine that stood out to you that could, you know, potentially fit with the Chargers. So who are some guys that you had there that would make some sense for L.A.? Yeah, there's a couple of guys. Uh, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington. Um, you know, if if they want to go corner, he's a guy that's probably going to be in that range. Um, and just a, a guy that, I would envision being a good fit. Um, he would probably play on the outside, and Asante Samuel Jr. would probably kick on the inside. Um, Jordan Davis from Georgia, who we already spoke about, he's another one that's um, kind of pegged to possibly be a fit for the Chargers. And, you know, given everything he's done, the, the buzz is just crazy right now. Um, and then even his teammate, um, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, if they're – Chargers are really adamant about finding that guy to anchor the interior spot of that defensive line. Jordan Davis is off the board. Maybe they pivot and go after his teammate. Um, so those are just some of the guys that kind of come off at the top. Um, all those guys tested very well at the combine, which just kind of solidifies what they did when they were in college. So that's where I kind of yeah, sit it, uh, right now. It's not the end all be all, right? It's just it has yeah. to kind of back up the things that you've already seen. It's the last 40 yard dash they're ever going to run. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's just the last it's the last piece of the puzzle right i mean just another thing that goes into their draft yep. profile but um for you this is your first season covering the chargers and it's great timing because the chargers have a superstar um in quarterback justin herbert what excites you most about getting to cover the chargers here in 2022 kind of threw me a layup the most exciting thing for me is covering justin herbert um <laughs> You know, everybody everybody covets, every NFL team covets a star quarterback. And I'd be lying if I said, you know, from, from a media perspective, I want to cover a Super Bowl or a superstar quarterback just like yeah. all these other NFL teams are trying to bring them in their building. So the Chargers got one. I'd expect Herbert to be in there for, uh, with the Chargers for a very long time. Uh, so, I mean, ultimately, that's that's really what I'm looking forward to. There's other things as well. You know, the, char the Chargers got Brandon Staley, a young head coach. Um, mm -hmm. And just just the ebb and flows of this season and see, see you know, what kind of steps are they going to take in year two together um, and, and kind of how that starts to develop as the season goes on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you have a very interesting perspective because you got to cover, you know, Sean McVay in last year. Mm -hmm. and now you get to, you know, get his mentee. And Brandon Staley, the guy who he was with for only one season before he ended up getting that head coaching job. But just getting to, you know, not even just, you know, the Rams and Chargers, but the AFC West right now, because they also had some big news in the AFC West when we found out that Russell Wilson 
is now covering the AFC West. So not only now do you are coming to the NFC West, but not only now do you get to cover, you know, the Chargers and Justin Herbert and you get to watch two games against Patrick Mahomes. You also get to cover two games against another great, great quarterback in Russell Wilson. So, like, how much more interesting do you think that makes this divisional race now that Russell Wilson has been added into the mix? It's quarterback driven league in the AFC West. It's got a ton of them. Yeah. It just adds, it, it just makes the division. It was already one of the better divisions in football. And I think it really just solidifies it being the best division in football. You can make the case for every team <laughs> to win double digit games. Obviously that's not going to happen. You know, there's, Sure. Te- teams are going to have to lose here, but especially because they have to play the NFC West this year too. Some, some cannibalism will take place for sure. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, well, why can't why can't the, the Chargers win the division? Why can't the Chiefs win the division? You know, the, the Raiders. The, it, literally, a case. There's a case to be made for every team. So I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. And you know, AFC West games. It seems like they always come down to the wire, especially the Chargers. I mean, it doesn't have to be a divisional game for the Chargers. I mean, look at the last but... game of the season, though. I mean, you go overtime with yeah. the playoffs on the line, game-winning field goal. It seems like every game is like that. You're gonna lose hair. Yep, doesn't get any closer. And at at the end of the day, you just, you can't beat that. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, other than winning the damn game. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, only a couple weeks ago, uh, you were covering the, the Rams Super Bowl run, and now you get to cover the Chargers. What do you think the Chargers can learn from the Rams in terms of building a team that can go out there and win a championship? You know, it's, it, there's a lot to be said in, in what the Rams did, and it's it's very unique because Les Snead with the Rams – he, he always approached it and even explaining kind of his, his model was they're going to go out and bring in stars, mortgage the future with their, you know, their early draft picks. And he, he explained it as they feel comfortable in doing that because they have confidence in their scouting staff to hit on these mid round picks. So for example, they found, you know, Jordan Fuller on day three of the draft and yep. He, I think he was like second among tackles and safeties before he got injured. They found Cam Akers, a star running back on day two of the draft. So like being able to find the, those guys that are on, on these contracts while they're a rookie and they're not really making a whole lot relative to the cap. If the right. Chargers can, can do that and really hit on these later round picks, especially during this window when Justin Herbert isn't making a whole lot either, it's really going to propel propel them to – take full advantage of this time when they can spend money. You get a good crop of of rookies, particularly, you know, hitting on those late round picks that, you know, are harder to do so. And then on top of that, having Justin Herbert at the helm. I mean, it's huge. And honestly, I mean, that that's what gives them the confidence to be that aggressive, right? The Chargers haven't hit on as many of their mid to late round picks. And that's a part of the reason, you know, they find themselves going into this reagency period really feeling you have to bring some of these guys back because there is no cheap backup playing behind them or somebody that could go take that role. And that, I think, is going to dictate, you know, how this Chargers season pans out, especially with another big-time contender with Russell Wilson and the Broncos thrown into the mix now. But I know we are all very, very excited to cover the Chargers this season. And, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Bring some new perspective and make sure everybody checks out Chargers Report where you can find, I mean, man, if when I say you've been – putting in the work since you came on i mean it this dude is working tirelessly two to three 
you know, post a day sometimes in these articles that are coming out. So thank you for taking some time out of your obviously busy schedule and go back to writing something, I guess. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, of course, guys, anytime really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to it. It's going to be, it's going to be a good run this season. Thank you very much to Nick Cothrell. You guys can go follow him on Twitter at Nick Cothrell, C-O-T-H-R-E-L, because I'm telling you that dude is putting out a ton of Chargers content for Sports Illustrated. So make sure you guys go check him out because we are appreciative of him coming on the show today. But tomorrow, guys, we have Fan Mail Friday. We were going to have an interview with the director. That's getting pushed to next week. So you guys have that to look forward to. Very excited to get the Kiwi filmmaker on the show and bring that energy over here and have a little crossover there. But tomorrow, it's Fan Friday. It's about you guys. You should be excited because we're making the show about you. So hit us up on our voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We'll put a post out on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can tag me or David directly. I'm at Dan Talk Sports on Twitter, and he's at DrotalkSD. And you can also hit us up on all of our social media because that's the best way to never miss a show. You can follow us on our new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers. You can also find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page, and we post the show every day to all of our social media personal accounts as well. So make sure you guys get there and also Go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. We are always there with the only and best daily Chargers content you guys are going to find. So make sure you guys are back tomorrow for free, Fair Fan Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.